0: This is episode five of Grown Up Punk.
1: Welcome to
0: (laughs) Did You Like That Intro?
1: Which, which one? From the offspring. From the offspring. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to episode four
0: of Growing Up Punk. You... <laughs> I'm assuming you caught the reference.
1: Uh, I did.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> I like played it for someone at work. They're like, "Why did you do that?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, now I have to go back and I have to play Americana and the first you know track on that." And then they're like, "Oh, ha, ha, that's pretty good." Chuckle, chuckle. I'm like what? Uh, I hate it when you have to explain <laughs> jokes, so yeah, whatever. It, it, was, it was an idea that came to me literally as I was recording, so that's, that's a good time. But um, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends with that guy. His name is Aaron. Say hello, Aaron. What's
1: going on, David?
0: See, there it is again. Can never get him to say hello, and he got it. <laughs> My name is David, so uh, we like to talk about, right now... We are specifically talking about punk bands basically from the 90s is what it boils down to because when you grow up, you, you start as a youngin', you start at a certain time, and you get older. So the idea is we're starting with some of the earlier uh, bands that got us into the genre of punk rock. Um, so today, we're going to talk about a little band called Goaty Hook, which um, for some of our listeners, they're going to be like, heck yes, and for some of our listeners, they're going to be like, who? So, we'll get into that. But before we get into that, um what's new in the life of Aaron?
1: Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot here.
0: Yeah, man, we got to be conversational, see? We got to like at least act like we're you know, friends outside of the pod. Yeah,
1: what's <laughs> new? Um I'm going to smoke some meat tomorrow for
0: uh, a work thing oh, I'm doing oh. on a Friday, so that's not even a good euphemism. Like that's just straight up <laughs> You're just making inappropriate what? jokes. <laughs> Smoke some meat. I'll let you sit on that, and I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll let that one marinate for a few minutes. There's another meat <laughs> joke, but anyway. <laughs> so so what are you, what are you making?
1: Uh, some pork shoulders and some ribs. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is an excellent time to like um, to I guess pimp your instagram because if you want to see all the meat adventures that aaron goes (laughs) on go find that guy on instagram at aaron grew up punk you can also find myself on instagram and twitter at david growing up um and then find yeah the 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 show is on twitter at growing punk pod and on instagram at growing up punk it's everywhere whatever just look for it you'll find it i guess the only ones we really need to throw out there are our personal ones my
1: instagram is the only place online to find pictures of smoked meat and goatee hook so.
0: There you go. <laughs> it is the official Instagram of smoked meat and goatee hook. I like yes, it. Yes, I will claim that. I like it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, what about um, with you? Real Well, real quick, I did want to uh I, I tweeted earlier uh a day or so ago from when we're recording this. By the time this co- comes out, it, it won't be a day or two ago, but um I uh, I tweeted how a couple of podcasts, I almost I almost tweeted a couple of podcasts have single-handedly Gotten me back into podcasts, nice. but that doesn't make sense and, because that would just be one podca- podcast that single handedly got me back into. And podcasts. it wasn't but, even ours. <laughs> wasn't even ours. That's the funny thing is I I, I host a podcast. I've hosted a number of I've hosted a number of podcasts over the years, and I go through like seasons of listening to podcasts. It depends on you know what I'm doing with my life, but more recently I've found a couple that I like search out and and make sure I listen to. Uh, one I think I've talked about before being uh jimmy eat pod yeah uh which is yeah a podcast all about jimmy eat world yeah, still need to um, listen to that. it's been fun yeah and it's funny because so far the like most of the songs they've covered i think they're five episodes in but most of them have been like early early jimmy uh, eat world okay. like stuff i'm not super familiar yeah. with um the latest one was dizzy which is the last tra- last track off chase the light or whatever which is which is great but um and then also another one which i think i sent to you uh, it was Columbia House Party. Yeah, I love Columbia uh, House. Yeah. So so have you started listening to it? Not yet. I uh, oh, So you're just like – you just you just love Columbia House getting, getting CDs for 99 cents. Dude,
1: that was <laughs> – I don't know if I actually ever signed up for that. I don't know if I would have been allowed to or not. Yeah. I just remember thinking like, you know, obviously back then that was the best deal ever until you realize yeah. like, you know, 12 CDs for a cent when you buy – 20 CDs at normal price over the next year or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's you had, like oh. yeah,
1: but I do remember seeing MXPX in there and being super stoked.
0: Yeah, I know my parents. I think they for sure signed up for it once. I don't remember the CDs we got. If there was anything in there that I enjoyed, but um, but I mean, think about that. That is incredibly awesome if you're a person who's gonna buy music, right? Like. Yep. That's how, I ju- that's how I justified signing up for my first streaming service was like, well, if I'm on average going to buy one album a month, why not just pay for a streaming service and get all of them, yep. right? So like the idea of Columbia House just being like, yo, here's a bunch of CDs. Now they were like, if I recall, they they had like special kind of like releases or pressings or whatever you want to call it for like those Columbia house things. So they'd be like labeled differently uh, than if you went mm-hmm. to the store and bought them. I don't know if they ever like cut back on say like liner notes and, you know, like stuff like liners and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, but it's so crazy. But anyways, the, the, the podcast Columbia house party, um, they are, I, I, as soon as I started listening, they've done uh, at this time, I think they are three episodes in. Yeah. yeah. um, But I was listening to the first one, which is about Pinkerton by Weezer, which is one of my all-time favorite records to begin with, and, like, the intro that they have on that thing. And what turns out, the intro that they have on every episode, the work they put into that, uh, I I was on Twitter immediately being like, I feel inadequate as a (laughs) podcast host compared to these intros because, like... Just what I—I I don't know how long it takes, how much work they actually put into those intros. For all I know, it could literally be like a ten-minute process because Buddy's got to you know know—he's got a down to a science. But putting that thing on, I was like, oh! If you're a fan of pop punk, um, alternative rock, sort of stuff, because so far the three episodes they've done are Weezer, Pinkerton, My Chemical Romance, Black Parade. And uh oh, boy. Fallout Boy, Under the Cork Tree, and so I, I think, like for the most part, that's the direction kind of they're heading and talking about these albums. But they they do some really great work. So uh, I, I mean, you're listening to a music podcast right now, so I assume you enjoy a music podcasts. So why not head on out and check another? One? And they're Canadian, oh, so nice. good old Canadian boys, yeah. Um, so, But anyways, oh, I, I, the whole reason I wanted to say that actually was because I wanted to throw a shout out uh, to Justin from Jimmy Eat Pod because he was listening to our Offspring episode and we were talking about my broken glasses <laughs> on the episode, right? And so he tweeted out, he says, uh, three pairs of glasses, two arms snapped off, one great dad. So I said, he's currently running the podcast because he's... a." Uh, he sacrificed the the most pairs of glasses <laughs> to uh, being a dad, so that's nice. pretty awesome. So shout out to yeah to Justin from Jimmy Pod, um, but yeah, some great some great music podcasts right now that have just dragged me back in. Mm, awesome makes me want to go on go on road trips and stuff because I have to. That's my problem is I have to listen to them in like segments. Yeah. my my drive to work is yeah. not long enough, right? So segments it is. But um, yeah, so oh, I I did want to talk about before we get into the episode about Goaty Hook. Um, I've been trying to narrow down, as have you, my top five albums of of twenty nineteen. You were complaining, and Goaty Hook made the <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's impossible. They haven't had an album since what two thousand six? I think that final EP was maybe. Yeah, no, must have I think. When was It, it was. Yeah, I, I realized I didn't write the date of that one. I just wrote the name of it. But um, no, but you were. I was going to say you were complaining because you're like, man, I can't narrow it down. There's been so many great albums. And then I was like, nah, dude, like my top five is easy. My number one is by like far and away super. And then I started actually looking at what came out this year and I was like, oh shoot, I, I actually need to go back and I need to listen. So I like That's how you make a top a list.
1: You, you go back throughout the year and you see what's come out. And-
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it's funny because I mean, it's still my number one pick has been, and, and I don't think it'll change. It's easily the one I've listened to the most this year and I'm not giving it away yet, but, um, but yeah, it was it was kind of funny because I like tweeted out a picture of just like this list I made. It was like my top five all of a sudden became you know a top eighteen. Uh, so I'm Let's like, do I'm it. in trouble. Let's do a it. A Six top, part top series. <laughs> Shouldn't it be top nineteen of 2019 then? Yeah, <laughs> well. top nineteen of nineteen. Um, yeah, no. So I've been working through that a little bit, uh, which which meant I didn't get I, I, I didn't listen to goaty hook as much as you know maybe i planned but they also don't have nearly as many records yeah but i did want to say out of all of that going through my the albums trying to pick you know my tops for this year because it's november now it's getting towards the end of november we're past middle of november um we're past the early november if i can make a music <laughs> joke you can uh, i can this is the right place but all i could say is i'm i'm actually quite excited for the new angels and airwaves record i don't know when it comes out because mm. i don't think they've announced a date but uh, some of their songs popped up because, of course, they released singles this year. I'm like, oh. Tom DeLonge is just easily one of like my favorite songwriters. So
1: he's, and I'm, I'm still good.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't really yeah. kept up with that band at all. That's your fault and your loss. <laughs> <laughs> um like I'm not I'm not in the camp where, you know, it's like, Ugh, Blink sucks without Tom. I think like Blink's gone their own way. Matt Skiba is, you know, a part of Blink now. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I didn't mind nine this year. It's not making my spoiler alert, it's not making my top five list. In fact, I didn't even include it on my top, you know, the eighteen albums mm. that I was going through, but um but Tom DeLong just his his I mean, cause his Angels and Airwave songs are still Tom DeLong songs, I think is what right. it boils down to. So uh, I was listening to uh, what Rebel Girl and
1: oh, yeah, I did watch the video for that, whatever Kiss Me video or whatever it was called Kiss and Tell or yeah. Don't Kiss
0: and Tell or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm into it. It'll be it'll be good, but uh, yeah, so kind of was distracting me a little bit from listening to Goaty Hook and then eventually distracting me from narrowing down my my top albums of 2018. But yeah. well, we've had like um,
1: 20 years to listen to Goaty Hook, so I think that's okay.
0: <laughs> that's fair and you know what it's all excusable for me because it's my birthday tomorrow
1: well happy pre-birthday yeah happy Slash pre-birthday is right when this comes out happy birthday post yeah it'll be it'll <laughs>
0: be uh depending on uh when it comes out but what i wanted to say with that was uh i'm turning how old are you <laughs> how, how old do i look <laughs> well I, I mean i don't know i'm gonna guess You don't base it 34. off the white
1: hair No, I'm I'm saying you're 34, 35, off by one. Okay, okay. So when did you turn 35? January. So almost 36. Oh, so yeah.
0: yeah, So you you almost have a full year on me because I'm turning 35. But um, I was I was laughing because uh, I was sitting at work and I was watching this YouTube. I was I was watching this thing called YouTube, and I don't know if you've heard of it. But this video came up from a YouTuber by the name of Wheezy Waiter. And I haven't listened to uh, or watched a, a Wheezy Waiter video in some time, but he, it, the thing caught my eye. It was like, oh, we walked 10,000 steps in one month and this is what happened. Or 10,000 steps each day for one month. Okay. I was going to say, say in what one month. Yeah, what he's, he's, he's really <laughs> lazy. <laughs> and um, so it was interesting because then I'm you know, going through those things where i like, man, turning 35, getting old, I should probably like take care of myself better. So I I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to do the 10,000 steps a day for a month. We'll see nice. how that goes. Yeah, do it. I don't I don't I'm already setting myself up for failure by saying I don't think it'll happen.
1: You just got to walk on the spot <laughs> a lot. Yeah,
0: right? Just walk. <laughs> that I'm hoping what I, I Yeah, it, I mean I think it probably maybe does. They think we to go down if, to
1: the basement tonight or uh? <laughs> yeah,
0: just always make sure I have my phone with me. Uh, the one side that I'm kind of intrigued and looking forward to by attempting that though is actually the ability to just find time more time to listen to music and and uh podcasts especially if i like intentionally go for a walk yeah right like it's a great time so but it's also like winter basically so i I can see this plan falling apart real quick if the ten thousand steps are comprised of me walking the halls at my work and you know (laughs) like back and forth on my main floor of my house i could see that getting tired real quick you
1: just need a treadmill and well you can do the podcast while walking on the treadmill
0: <laughs> I'll just be out of breath the whole time. So, uh, guys, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite album by. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think that'll happen. Um, but uh, who knows? We shall see. Uh, but I, I, I kind of alluded to right there, saying you know I don't know when this will come out in regards you know in relation to my my birthday because um, we are going to be changing schedules up a little bit. We're going to be messing with things a bit. We're going to keep doing the show the way we're doing the show. Uh, so this is episode five. Um, if you haven't noticed, those of you that have been listening, the the the, la- the episodes that are labeled episode are literally just Aaron and I talking about a specific band. We've all, obviously uh, also got our interviews with uh, – which Aaron, we just released one that you did with Dan Thomas, formerly of The Undecided, which is real cool. Um and then we'll continuing going forward. We'll probably still have. I think I still have some lost tapes, episodes that I want to release. So we're gonna keep. I hope to somehow keep. You know, like doing the uh, like one release a week going. Yeah. But but um, I got
1: lots of sweet our, interviews coming up. So
0: yeah. So Aaron's Aaron's getting down to work in regards to that. Um, I'm I may have some that I line up as well. Aaron's just like he's got his nose to the ground. You know, just like sniffing out these interviews. It's Kind of impressive to watch, especially like all these old school. I know that you're you're kind of as a bit of a teaser, aiming for some like old school tooth and nail bands. So um, I know there's a, a specific group of our audience that'll enjoy that. But um, I think like our recording schedule is going to change a little bit, so these episodes might be once every two weeks. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I say this all because I've I've got another podcast in the works that all I'm going to say right now is that if you found yourself a fan of pop punk in the mid-2000s uh, to... I mean, this band's still going today, but uh, like that's their boom was the mid-2000s. Um, you, P.O.D.? You wanna... Boom? Was that the hint? Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, P.O.D., the, the pop punkest of all pop punk bands. <laughs> so as soon as you said uh, it, I was
1: like, oh, that was set up for such a bad dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but yeah, so there that that podcast won't be released under um under the growing up punk umbrella by any means it's gonna have its own its own podcast page but i'm I'm telling you this now because if you're all sudden like hey wait a minute why are these episodes i mean last week i think or two weeks ago we released like three episodes in a week like that for sure won't be happening on the regular basis uh we're gonna try and keep the one episode a week sort of thing going which is cool um but I will say this: This is all I'll say about that other podcast. It's called Me and Pete, and if you can figure it out from there, uh, you win as to what the podcast is about. But uh, you'll just see me posting about Me and Pete probably on the Growing Up Punk social medias because I don't want to start another social media. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Are you kidding me? I've already done this once. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, want to start another one. So. That. Yeah, but it will have its own podcast page. So when that's ready to go, I'll I'll be letting you know. But uh, that is neither here nor there because tonight, good sir, we are sitting down to talk about the worst, one of the worst produced bands in the history of Tooth and Nail Records. Oh, man. Goaty Hook. What happened with that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I didn't actually look it up. There's got to be a story as to why that is the case with Goaty Hook. Like, I I mean, if you've never, obviously, maybe you're listening to this episode and you never have heard Goaty Hook before, outside of that clip I just played. Um, But the thing with Goaty Hook is I want to say probably their most popular album is also easily their worst sounding album, Um, that being Banana Man, the guitar tar tones on that album are just like un. i don't know how they why they went the direction yeah, went i think i remember I seeing
1: know. something about what happened but or that maybe they should get it remixed or I, I don't know what it was but yeah like it's just very thin sounding very much
0: but yeah and which is well, i was gonna say is interesting because them you know they're they're a band on tooth and nail records and at that time I feel like I don't know who produced Banana Man. I could look that up, and maybe I'll yeah. I'll stall by I, by talking. But
1: I remember but looking I, it up, and I didn't really recognize who it was.
0: Yeah, because like that's the thing is like I want to say around that time. So I came out in 1997. So a good number of tooth and nail bands were working with like Steve Kravac at yeah, that time. Right? Man, that would maybe so yeah. You know, would have been cool uh, to I'm see just, what that what
1: that sounded like with a better producer.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find, I don't, on Discogs, I don't see like, a. Um, it doesn't list the producer, engineer or anything like that. So I'm not 100% sure. And yeah. without having the, the CD in front of me, uh, I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe on their Wikipedia it says, I doubt it, but yeah. we'll, we'll check here it's real quick. A, it's a name but,
1: I didn't recognize and maybe it was just like a friend or something or who knows. Yeah, well, maybe
0: this will have it. Uh, No, not there cool yep nope doesn't doesn't look like it does (laughs) um but yeah anyway it's uh if you if you haven't heard it go listen to it i mean i don't think sumo surprise their first album sounded a ton better yeah it's not amazing
1: i mean that's what you'd expect for you know early to mid 90s punk rock album not terrible not amazing
0: i I suppose yeah it's it's it is its thing so let's before we get you know kind of into all of that um, how did you actually hear about Goaty Hook to begin with?
1: Yeah, I, I can't really remember the specific um, time or whatever. I'm I'm assuming it was off of a sampler, maybe even uh, songs from the Penalty Box One. Um, or another yeah. good option could have been from like a merchandise catalog where they used to have you know pictures right. of the bands and like a little write up or something. And I think they just kind of caught my eye because they just looked punk rock and and just that kind of goofiness to them that you know attracts 13-year-old boys and uh that sounds weird but you know what i mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man i <laughs> that needs to I, be like <laughs> I, I guess to uh, to give some more context to that you were
1: 13 but, years old well yeah i was probably around there but you know even thinking of bands like you know blink and just kind of that yeah. like potty humor and you know, funny imagery and
0: I don't know, right? Bleached hair yeah, and yeah. whatnot. Oh, that's amazing. I'm uh, I'm so glad you said that though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if they were on uh, what samplers they may have been. What is this? Oh, this is just like a oh, it's a triple pack of punk. Yeah. What tooth and nail? Have you seen that? Oh yeah. The tooth and nail triple pack of punk. I never yeah. saw it. Slick shoes value pack and goatee. Yeah, Lake. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if they were on anything before Penalty Box One.
1: Like that was, I think, like their first kind of major sampler.
0: Yeah, I was trying to see. Um, I was trying to find Discogs doesn't. I was hoping they listed like maybe they do for some bands, but for Goatee Hook they don't have it. Like when they appeared on compilations and stuff. Oh, appearances twenty-five compilations. This should, unless that's because. Of, oh, I bet you that's that triple pack, punk. Oh no, let's see. Um, they had. So as far as Tooth & Nail was concerned, the first thing, they were, they had Shrinky Dinks on Tooth & Nail record sampler volume three. Um, oh, yeah, those and then, old
1: school ones, right.
0: Yeah, they had Scared M.I. on I'm Your Biggest Fan volume one. Oh, um, I have
1: that on tape. I don't remember that song. Oh, amazing.
0: There. Uh, they have Love by the Numbers on the fourth anniversary box set for Tooth & Nail. i do not know right. sure what that was. Yeah. Okay, so they had Seasons on Songs from the Penalty Box. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. so that was yeah, most likely my first introduction to them was was getting that
0: yeah i'm not 100 percent sure i cannot remember f- for the life of me like the first time i heard go Godi- it was probably same thing right like um just hearing them on a sampler or like a, a compilation or potentially just hearing from them or hearing about them from say like my cousins or something along those lines who were also into you know like the tooth and nail bands and then as growing up you know more into punk rock bands and stuff like um so, I I mean, it's probably that or it just so happened that I had heard the name and there was a time where I was in the Christian bookstore and I saw Banana Man and I bought it because that was the only Slick Shoes record I ever owned was Banana Man. Slick Shoes? And then Slick Shoes, <laughs> you know, Goaty Hook. Same same thing? No, not even close. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was the only Goaty Hook record I ever owned was Banana Man. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I can remember listening to it a ton oh, yeah. and when I put it on. I remember every single song. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I can't, I don't have a specific moment where I was like, oh, Goaty Hook, here's a band. And I had friends that owned every other one of their full length albums. And so, like, I heard those albums through them, sort of thing. And then eventually, you know, once streaming services became a thing, kind of listened to them more when I'd be like, I want to listen to Goaty Hook for whatever reason. Right. So. Um, but yeah, I can't I don't remember a specific moment, but do you remember exactly kind of like what hooked you when you first heard Goaty Hook and why you decided to you know seek out more of their stuff?
1: Um, I think it was just being a Tooth and Nail punk album just being at that time where kind of anything that sounded like that caught my attention. Uh, and I think that uh I don't think I know that Sumo Surprise was the first CD that I, I think I bought. Um, like I had CDs before that but I think that yeah. was the first one that I bought myself. And right. and I, I I got it in a a town where I had some family and then I got a, a ride to Winnipeg with this trucker. And
0: what <laughs> like Mike, and you're a 13-year-old boy. This sounds like just the terror. <laughs> my goodness, Aaron. Wow. This episode has taken <laughs> it's gone an entirely different direction than I could have foreseen. but <laughs>
1: My uncle, my uncle worked at like an RV company, and okay. some like parts guy was going to Winnipeg, and I had stayed back to hang with my cousin. So, anyways, that just stays in my mind. I was <laughs> in this semi, listening to this CD, and so in my disc man, and so yeah, I think it was just yeah, just that era and another band that just sounded awesome and intrigued me. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) He's got a ride to Winnipeg with his trucker. So random. Uh. Um, I mean, yeah, I was definitely – this was one of those bands, and, and, and this becomes one of their faults as well, I think, down the line. Uh, one of those bands where for me growing up and going to like youth group and whatever, they were one of those bands that you could listen to at youth group, uh, with, you know, your, your, your friends or whatever that was going to be fine. And they were, you know, they weren't always serious. And I think like as time went on, cause I think even on, uh, two years to never, they still had, you know, kind of fun songs that weren't as yeah. serious, even though they clearly got a whole lot more serious. And we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes, but, um, You know, just like looking at those first two records, they definitely had lighthearted songs. Like the first song that I can remember just being hooked on by Goaty Hook was, um, my bike. right? Like, and like, I remember I was covering it. Like I was playing, it was just jamming with a buddy and I was playing it and he just made fun of me because like, just how the chorus, like my, I -I 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 like my, and he's like, he was just laughing. He's playing drums and he's like, man, like your, your mouth. You're, like, is opening at the exact same time as I was like strumming the guitar. And he just couldn't, he just thought it was so funny that it would look like, it looked like my chin, my jaw was on like a string to my, my <laughs> hand strumming. And it was just like, I was like, uh, like opening it with my hand. It was kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, like they were, they were just goofy. They were lighthearted. They were fun. But I think that also, for me, when I look back on the band, also kind of plays into, Their shortcomings a little bit. Yeah. Like, so, so if we look at like their discography, you know, we mentioned Sumo Surprise, which came out, I mean, they were just throwing out albums. Sumo Surprise came out in 1996. Banana Man came out in 1997. Songs We Didn't Write came out in 1998. Wow. 2 Years to Never, they finally took a break, yeah, came out in 2000. 2000. <laughs> Crazy. And then uh this the 6 Songs EP which I could not listen to. I tried and I was like I can't I can't get into it. I didn't write when that came out, but that was, was a couple yeah, years it was after. 2005, I think. so it was, wow. I think it was off so, tooth
1: and nail and they'd kind of taken a yeah, break.
0: Yeah, I think for sure was um, I could actually. I do have their discography open here, so I could I could confirm. Um, but I just found like those first two records when I go back and listen to them. Uh, Six songs was on Velvet Blue Music. Right. You know, in two thousand two. Oh. Two thousand two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they had a, a the artwork for their rest in peace cd that came out on tooth and nail records i don't know if was that like live or what was that well they um, I don't know. they had a live was one a,
1: and i think they had a best of or retrospective was the, was the best of
0: retrospective was the best of yeah. was i'd never seen this r.i.p like goatee hook r.i.p yeah. it came out in 2003 until like now uh, okay oh yeah recorded at cornerstone festival so that's their their farewell show Yep. that's cool i want to find that i don't know that that was on apple music for me I would have listened to that for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's um, on
1: Spotify either.
0: Someone needs to sync that up too, because I feel like I've heard or like seen the footage of their like farewell show. Yeah. I feel like someone needs to like sync that footage up with this live album. Yeah. It would be it'd be a good time for sure. Um but Yeah, so for me the downfall with Goaty Hook for a lot of it would later, like when I go back and visit those albums, is, is their lyrics, right? right? Like they are when I'm when I mention like the whole like youth group thing right like being able to listen to them at youth group now the band formed as like friends in youth group right so it it only makes sense that they were writing these songs that you know were good for singing in youth but i just like take it a couple of things like they, they, they were just very sunday school at times and the humor like the humor was v- like for me was like up the same alley as like veggie tales which <laughs> oh like man, that's i bad. Lo- oh it is it, i those first two albums it is bad, like it's real bad. I think, like when they try to get funny. I don't know if I take it like, that far, but
1: yeah, I, I, I totally got. That's cheating. just what it reminds me of, yeah, right?
0: Yeah. Like, um, just like it's it's obviously there. It's very clean, which is fine, but it's also very childish. Yeah, and then also trying to present the gospel within that in some instances, right? And that's where I go. Okay, it gets a little a little too much for me, but. Um, yeah, I was listening to Sumo Surprise and like Ukla the Punk came on and all I could picture was like a, a youth pastor song. in the mid 90s, yeah, a youth pastor in the mid 90s, uh you know with his with his goatee going on and basically being <laughs> goatee? like or like yeah, you know, you know, uh, yeah, goatee yeah. or like maybe a Bible college RA or whatever that was just like have you heard the parable of Ukla the Punk? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like just going into like sharing it like, yeah, it's this super cool Bible story sort of thing. And it's just like, ah, it can't, like it doesn't. And and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know where the band sits, you know, in their life now, but if they were to get back together and play reunion shows, guaranteed they're not playing (laughs) Ookla the punk. Yeah. But you know, like I wonder some of those older songs, what would they play? Right? Like they're a band for sure that I'm like, I kind of wish they had the lyrics of two years to never alongside the production of 2 years to never with the energy and the youthfulness of banana man yeah that would have been a good combo it would have been a great combo cuz yeah i don't know what like what you where you stand on on their lyrics if you have any favorite lyrics or weird lyrics or what you take away from them
1: well i'm i'm thankful that i didn't really well, i i don't recall picking up on a lot of that you know in my youth mm-hmm. cuz i just probably thought oh this is hilarious cuz i'm a pre-pubertized teenager and (laughs) or whatever you know like but obviously now so much time has gone by it's a little it's a little hard to listen to but yeah i I don't remember Mm -hmm. like being bothered by it i just think i just thought it was funny or whatever well
0: and i wasn't bothered by it you know like growing up either like because like i said it was like he knew you could listen to this when you had your youth all-nighter um you know you had to stay up all night you could listen to Goody hook uh you could listen to Goody hook you know in the in the youth van on the way to like roller skating or whatever right like he, that was perfectly acceptable i could crank it you know to max in my room and not worry about oh my parents would be like what is he listening to i mean they would definitely be annoyed at the kind of music <laughs> yeah but like lyrically they wouldn't be questioning it although they might be like Who's why ukla? they sing about that? <laughs> Who's Ookla? and why are they singing about this box and <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Like well, just... I still don't get that.
1: Yeah, so I think it was just one of their <laughs> weird quirks. However, they did yeah. each album like still had some serious songs. Like on yeah. Sumo Surprise was a thing about like a friend dying in a car accident or something, and and you know Estevan I think on Banana Man is about like sexual abuse. <laughs> So they, they they still
0: touched yeah. on those topics. And they, you mean it's not is, it's not about Estevan, Saskatchewan?
1: <laughs> well, it <laughs> might be might be about thirteen was, year olds Value... in in semis in este...
0: <laughs> Yeah, Value Pack wrote a song that was like named after someplace in Alberta.
1: Oh, really? I can't. Remember. Wow.
0: Yeah, I'm, it was on like this album that you can't like. It's not on streaming services. I'll have to ask
1: about that. Um,
0: yeah, I, I like I I could be wrong as to what the what the story behind the song is, but hold on. I'm going to, you can kind of keep, I want to see if I can find this, if it's, it should come up on Discogs and I'll see what the, what the name of the song was because it should become fairly obvious if it, <laughs> uh, so it was on Incognito, I want to say. Oh, okay. Like that was
1: the value pack one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh Oh, it's called Stony Plains. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I remember thinking, like, when it came out, I was like, is that about, like, something to a Stony Plain? Because Stony Plain, although I don't think Value Pack ever played, was also, like, the original host site for a festival up here that was called Harvest Moon. Uh, oh, yeah. Which I saw, like, the Undecided play at. I saw 1,000-foot crutch. Slick Shoes was supposed to play, but they got stuck at the border. Um, hmm. I like saw MXPX
1: there. The I was say
0: MXPX, I think, played the final year. Uh, yeah, that that it happened, but yeah, by that point it was in Edmonton, but it started out in Stony Plain. But I'm I don't I don't know what that song is about. Like it could it could just be a, purely a coincidence. But uh, I remember seeing that title, and being like, huh, interesting. But uh, yeah, Value Pack is for an episode later, not right now. Um, yeah,
1: I do wonder with the writing, like why, how they kind of chose that. Was it just like that oh, we've got nothing, nothing more to say, or this just. Is what it is, or like with with or, what? You know, with like the box. well, just with with the look with their lyrics, yeah, yeah. Like why why was there you know so many joke songs and just kind of a few serious ones sprinkled in there? Maybe yeah. that was just what they wanted. Like there was obviously still things going on to to make them write about that, but
0: yeah, I think like the joke songs. I think part of that's just like where they were at as far as you know being growing up human beings are concerned, right? Like it like songs like my bike and stuff like that sound like things that I would think were funny with my friends in youth group. Like if I were to write yeah. a joke song, right? Like I think like it comes across that way as far as why they had, you know, on banana man, they had one, two, three, four, I think four versions. I think there's actually five versions of the box on yeah. banana man. One of them is called untitled track for some reason, but it is just the box.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, but, uh, Yeah, well, this... Okay, hold on. Actually, Wikipedia says something about The Box. Let's see what it tells us. Uh, The Box is the name of four separate tracks, all the same song played at different speeds. The untitled track is three seconds long and consists of someone yelling in Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, Did it go from The Box, though? I felt like... No, no, okay. But yeah, there's four different... Like, I mean, when I was that age, though, listening to that, I thought it was hilarious. Right, yeah. like, And to put a guy in a banana suit on the cover, I was like, yeah, you see that at like... Now, I don't know if it's because of Goaty Hook, but I feel like there was a time there going to like Christian festivals or whatever, someone would always be dressed up in a banana suit. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the way it yeah. was.
1: And I wonder if that like prevented them from like playing with more well-known bands. I I can't really ever recall hearing them touring with any, you know, like secular so to speak bands um i don't want and i wonder if that was just by choice or if
0: bands looked at them being like yeah that just looks kind of lame well i think and i mean all pun intended i think they put themselves in a box right like with their lyrics and whatever there wasn't a whole lot until two years to never i think where they could have really branched out Um, yeah like there's one thing to be writing songs that you know, are obviously influenced by your faith and you may be upfront about it. There's another thing to writing songs like Ookla, the punk, right? Like, right. um, and so I don't know if that's kind of like what sort of like, I wouldn't be surprised if that held them back. I know they toured with, you know, like fellow Christian scene bands, right? Like, um, for sure they toured with like the supertones and stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to see what they played in 2011.
1: Yeah, they did some kind of like one-off yeah. show. I remember seeing That's crazy. I'm trying to some. look back
0: on their their like tour dates here and some of them they've only got 9 concerts listed. Nice. <laughs> I was trying to see if there's any like bands that I recognize that they played with. Um so in 2011 Okay, well I mean the sh- that can't be a thing. What Rock the Bells 2011. There's no way they played this. This is a typo. It says with Childish Gambino, Mac Miller, Common, <laughs> Cypress Hill, Lauren Hill, and Mobb That was Deep. them. <laughs> um, I guess they played a show uh, much, the sa- much the same. They just released a record this year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Much sure the same. did. One of the best. Yeah, that's debatable. Um, <laughs> but according to this, Goaty Hook played Whoa. a show with them in 2001. Um skywave uh, oh there's one mxpx with the hippo so there's a there's a secular okay. band. um that was in 2000 i like how there's just like like one-off shows here saturday november 1st 1997 supertones with stave zaker hook and squad 50. 0 uh nice. october 18th 1997 five iron frenzy with supertones goatee hook stave five iron frenzy that must have been a tour that's a weird what Five Iron Frenzy with Johnny Respect and Goaty Hook. Five Iron Frenzy, Goody Hook, Supertones, The Insiders, Frodis, Goody Hook, and Left Out. Yeah, like I only outside of the odd band, um, they they only they, they really only seem to play within their scene. Uh I mean right. that that scene obviously being, you know, not not just confined to one geographic area, but uh I don't think they branched out too terribly much um as far as playing with secular bands. But and again, I think that all boils down to you know the lyrics that they had going on for a lot of their songs uh, because yeah. because like pop punk at that time was still very much about being goofy right like they're right in right in the mix as far as like era is concerned with like blink one eighty two and stuff who obviously were also writing yeah. joke songs alongside serious songs they were just yeah. writing joke songs like Gody Hook was just writing joke songs that were um a lot more niche <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. a lot more niche and a niche that I think people we're more likely well we're more likely to grow out of right yeah. like i mean whatever but that is, that's that's fine um and we yeah, i mean like, we talked briefly we'll, we'll move into like transitions between albums because this is in, interesting to me because as far as i know they had a member leave the band um and i think that's what maybe played a major role in Gody hook the change from banana man to two years to never
1: yeah, it was... Um, so Conrad. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. It says here on... And, uh, on He was the bass player. I think it was the other guitar player. I'm blanking on his name. He's got a podcast too, but... Um,
0: So this says on their Wikipedia, which could be wrong. It says, Conrad, the guitar player and a primary songwriter of the band, decided to leave Cody Hook after the release of Banana Man and the subsequent tour promoting its release. He left the band when the band began to tour full-time so he could finish seminary and continue with his accounting career. Sounds like fun. (laughs) But, I mean, let's talk about that because the change, they release a covers album in between Banana Man and... um, and, uh, two years. And Two Years to Never, which that, that covers album. I remember liking it a lot. And when I went back to it now, I don't like it nearly. There are still some good songs on there, but there's a few misses. There was one huge surprise. I do not remember them covering the Pixies.
1: <laughs> which song is that?
0: Uh, where, is, where is My Head or whatever.
1: Where is My uh, Mind? Oh, man, mind? that's yeah, like yeah. the most memorable one for me on there.
0: Which is funny, cause, um, yeah, like, so, like, immediately when I hear that, I'm taken back to Fight Club. It's the last song of Fight Club. It's just like this incredible song, right? And, uh, but yeah, I was like, looking at the track list and was like, that can't be the same one. And so I put it on, like, sure, it sure is. Like, they, they definitely stretched themselves. I want to say the most on that song, but, um, yeah, like the first couple songs, I definitely remember liking. Uh, like, I Love Rock and Roll, I think, was on a song from the Penalty Box. Yeah, it was. Um, it was Earth Angel. One, I think. Earth Angel I remember liking, and that just automatically makes me, because I think that's played in, like, not the Goody Hook cover, obviously, but I think it's in Back to the Future. There's, oh. like, the high mm. school bands, like, the dance band sings it. Yeah, like,
1: when there was these cover albums coming out, like, I didn't really know any of these songs, so it was more or less, like, I'd be, like, sitting in the dentist chair 10 years ago and, and this song would come on and be like, oh, that's what this song sounds like. Or, you know, whatever, <laughs> the radio is somewhere. Yeah. There's a specific song while I was at the dentist that came on. I can't remember which one it was, but.
0: Like on the Goody Hook Covers album? Yeah. Yeah. One of those songs. I was like, yeah.
1: oh, weird. Like.
0: Well, it's funny because, like, they covered just what I needed. And, uh, Which I think the Insiders also covered just what I needed on one of their albums, and like it's a Cars song, and so like it's a great, it's it's got to be one of the most easily adaptable songs to cover, yeah. But at the same point, I'm like, I feel like so many bands have covered it, and that's probably why. Uh, I mean, their cover of Walking on Sunshine was kind of neat because it, I mean, they full on embrace the horns and the ska. I don't know who played horns on that, Um, one, but it's pretty great. But yeah, there's just like some like when they, because I think Acquiesce, I want to say, is that yeah? That's a weird one. Is that a yeah. tourniquet song? Like they? Oh, really? Wow. I, well, I'm not sure. Um, they def, they like they just jumped in on some where I was like, that's an odd, an odd choice.
1: Well, there's a lot of songs on that album too. So yeah, uh, but I I think it kind of in that era is when they like I don't know if it was covering those. Kind of more classic rock, so to speak, songs. Sorry, that... yeah.
0: Sorry, acquiesce was Stavesacre. I was like, I was like oh I, right, yeah. I was yeah. like, I know I it's a that. fellow like tooth and nail band. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I the track listing here. So we got I love rock and roll, which is Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Great song, Earth Angel, originally by the Penguins. True Faith, originally by New Order. Just what I needed, originally by the Cars. Friends, originally by Michael W. Smith. Like yeah, that's, okay. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> acquiesce, originally by Stavesacre. I see red, originally by X. Walking on Sunshine, originally by Katrina and the Waves. Um, the guitar song, originally by Dead Milkman. Like that's also near like pulling in like old school punk songs. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Hey Noni Noni, originally by the Violent Femmes, which I didn't know they originally did that song. On the Road Again, originally by Willie Nelson, Where's My Mind, originally by the Pixies. Burn in Love, originally by Elvis Presley, and uh, The Invisible Man, originally by the Vindictives. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely some Interesting choices for a cover album there, but I also think there's too many. If I'm being honest, like I mean, yeah, uh, counting counting like the secret track, there's 15. So so 14 songs. Like when I look at say like MXPX on the cover, which is an an easily comparable album, I feel like they pulled it off better, um, just because they didn't overdo it. They only ten songs on that record.
1: Yeah, and they might have kind of pulled more songs from a similar era versus this one's kind of all over the place
0: sure yeah, yeah so but i i came yeah going into this i was like oh man i remember really liking that and coming out i'm like ah, i'm not a huge fan of that that album but it is interesting i don't know if the fact that um you know they lost a member and things were changing if that's why all of a sudden the covers album was released like why then it's the, mm. the timing seems like that could be but then the fact that two yeah. years to never comes out and it's so different Yeah, it's an interesting shift. It is, and honestly, I think like so. Two years to never, I said, was two thousand, right? I'm curious. I'm curious to see. Oh no, this was later. Um, Two thousand two? No, two years to never was for sure two thousand. I'm I'm looking. Oh yeah, right. Sorry.
1: Yeah, because I saw them the first time I saw them live was that album was out, I believe. Mm So, yeah, that would have been, yeah, 2000, 2001 that I saw them for the first time. Yeah.
0: No, I I was what I was trying to figure out is when, uh, I'm just curious, hold on, hold on, building the tension, building the tension. Well, I
1: remember being like kind of bummed out when I saw them that first time, because in my mind, they were still, you know, Banana Man Punk. Yep. And they just kind of had like long hair and just didn't look at all how I thought they would. And yeah, there was a few guys missing and- but it was still awesome. They still played a lot of those
0: old songs. It was just uh Yeah, so this, this is interesting. Let's see if we've got, does this have any producer notes on it? Because there's something I was noticing on here. Photos and complete lyrics page, barcode. Oh, credits. Uh, no, that's just, oh, producer Sean O'Dwyer. Now, hold on here. Hold on here. Does this have, oh, this doesn't have credits. Dang it. Uh there's a striking similarity for me in listening to this between 2 Years to Never and Squad 50 bombs over Broadway. Yeah. There is like I like and I mean I don't know when it comes down to it which which record is better and they both came out in the year 2000. I was trying to see if like potentially uh it was like the same guy who uh worked um, on it but
1: no, I think Bombshimmer Broadway was with this big rock producer. So yeah, I don't it's, know if it's possible. Two years.
0: Oh, but. Oh. So I I think I would take Two Years to Never over. Sean Dwyer worked home. on. That's interesting. So, Sean, Sean Dwyer. Sean Dwyer. Sean Do, I can't even say his name. The guy who produced Goldie Hook's Two Years to Never also went on to produce uh, Phoenix TX Lechuza. Remember that? Oh, cool. Remember that album? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Worked with Strife that's pretty cool and then mm. now and then he just oh he must have then like oh he must have been engineering stuff before that what did he engineer on anything worth noting cuz like pink floyd wish you were here live what anyway um that's just interesting yeah i wish i knew who was on bombs over broadway cuz there's like not only like i like there's a definite like i know people people get annoyed not annoyed i guess but maybe Bummed out about both of those records, right? Like two years to never, the change that Gody Hook underwent, and Squad Five O, Bombs Over Broadway, the change that they underwent, and yeah. why that happened, I don't know. But they definitely they sound similar. I think Bombs Over Broadway, like Squad Five O, they definitely dabbled more in like the like the glam, like glam side. Yeah. yeah, like they definitely pulled on like New York Dolls sort of influence. Uh, which is fine there's some there are some legit songs on that record still um, oh yeah but two years to never yeah I feel like two years to never just got dark it felt like so like not yeah. full- on dark but I don't know if like if they experienced there's a couple songs on there like I think like lullaby I'm like did someone pass away like is he dealing with the death of someone or the, someone you know the illness of someone but um it definitely like from from the the Sunday school jokes. Uh, sort of, you know, vibe that you get on those earlier Goaty Hook albums into this, it definitely changes a little bit. Like, you still have like Chevy Nova, which is literally a song. Yeah. Which I, it's funny because listening to that song, the, I don't know what you want to call it, the bridge or whatever, he's like, I bet you, I know you think your Honda hatchback's pretty cool. Like, how he sings that, I'm like, all I can hear is Descendants.
1: <laughs> like, oh, it just reminds yeah. me of
0: Descendants. I'm like, okay, okay. But, um,
1: yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that album. Actually, I just, in my mind, I remember, yeah, being like really annoyed that they changed their style so much. Maybe it's just years have passed now, and I can appreciate it more. But I still like now that I listen to them, I'm like, okay, this is still punk rock. Like, it's definitely more on the rock side of things, yeah. but it's not completely gone. I actually, it reminded me a lot of Green Day that album. Okay, um, not necessarily like musically, but kind of sonically, like just kind of simple, right? Um, simple songs that you know, aren't, like, super punk, but they still kind of have that edge to it. They're still upbeat. Um, You know, it's kind of simple chord
0: structures and catchy and... Yeah. They definitely... I want to say they got more melodic, 100%. Because, like, they would, you know, like, earlier... Sometimes when I think hear those, like, early punk bands, tooth and nail bands, too, like, um, just, like, the fast chord changes, um, I feel like they got away from that a little bit you know, like not being bam, 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 It right? Like just yeah, like yeah. definitely kind of like, and like opened it up a little bit and listening to it now, I can remember there were a couple songs where I definitely liked and then some songs where I was like, eh, whereas like listening to it now, I'm like, okay, you know what? I think, I feel if I were to go back and just be like, I just want to listen to one Goaty Hook album, I would probably now go back to this one. I don't know that Mm, it's interesting yeah like when it boils down to what my favorite is like i don't think it's my favorite but i do think like from start to finish it's the The most most listenable listenable. yeah yeah so uh, which is which is says something like it's a they i feel like they grew up before their core audience grew up a little bit maybe yeah that could have been and that happens with bands sometimes right yeah well for sure
1: so, yeah, I still, yeah, I'll still I'll still definitely go back and and listen to that one. Actually, I just got it on CD this year. Nice. So, pretty so, stoked to have that. It's no
0: Ookla the Punk though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so you mentioned you actually got to see them live at some point?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I saw them uh just outside of Winnipeg. Um yeah, in 2000, 2001. And uh then I was at their final or their so-called final show before their
0: the 2011 Other shows show they did <laughs> before they apparently but, played with um, Lauren Hill and Cypress Hill and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's weird. I remember hearing yeah. about them getting, I think, back together, but for a show. But I don't know that that was the show. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But I got to be at their at their final show at Cornerstone, and it was yeah. amazing. And I mean, at that time, I probably again, you know, I I'd just graduated, so I mean, I was a little older than 13, but <laughs> again, still like. Uh, fairly, you know, out of it, you know, like I wasn't a part of some punk scene or whatever, so it was just kind of whatever yeah. I could get my hands on is what I knew. So it was like, oh, they're a final show, okay.
0: Like, so what were don't you? Really have much contact? Did for, you just but... like go down to Cornerstone, or what were you there for? Like yeah, you weren't, you yeah. weren't in a
1: band at that point, were you? No, no, I just went just as an nice. attendee. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I saw like all my favorite punk bands that year. It was amazing.
0: So tell me about that trip a little bit. Cause that's like, that's something that I'd often considered and wanted to do. But I mean, by the time I was an adult and could make that decision just purely on my own, I never had money for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was working at McDonald's. So Sick. I mean, I
1: guess I kind of paid for it. Thanks, McDonald's. Yeah. You um, made my dreams come true. Yes, McDonald's. Yeah, there was. <laughs> there was a group from Winnipeg going and i had known people that had gone before mm-hmm. and they just always came back with the coolest merch and like i just couldn't believe all the bands i got to see and it was it was just so crazy like yeah. it was you know like so much crazier than i could have imagined and just yeah. the people and the setting and yeah. And just seeing so many bands and so much merch and it was a dream come true yeah
0: it is kind of a bummer like growing up loving a lot of those bands that like made their name at cornerstone and never i mean i shouldn't say never being able to go i'm sure if i really really wanted to i could have figured out a way but it never really being a realistic opportunity like uh, being from the winnipeg area you would have been a lot closer to illinois than i am being in alberta yeah. right so like yeah that's a trek there's no i don't I'm sure there were groups, maybe that went, but there were no groups within my circle that were driving to I think Bushnell, Illinois, is that where it was? Yeah, um, that were driving there, right? So, but uh, you gotta love like watching the. I think it was in the Tooth and Nail documentary. No new kind of story. They they really did a chunk covering Cornerstone, or yeah, or there was a documentary on Cornerstone. I can't remember, but I remember seeing a bunch of like kind of that background stuff and just being like, man, that would have been so awesome. And I and I know I wanted to go. But never never made it. So that's pretty awesome that you got to go. That you got to go. Um, yeah.
1: But no, it was awesome. It was like, you know all those bands were huge at Cornerstone. Like yeah. every tooth and nail band yeah. had you know a full tent. I don't know what that was. Like a thousand people or probably well, that sounds dirty. More than that having a full and, tent. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it was. It was hot and dusty. Yeah, so. just trying to just A lot trying of 13 to thirteen-year-old boys washing yeah, around, just, <laughs> just trying to
0: derail Aaron. <laughs> Whole tent
1: full full of thirteen-year-old boys seeing yeah. their favorite bands. So. <laughs> <And then, laughs> anyways, oh, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was yeah. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: I mean, that was that was definitely like the pilgrimage for Bible bookstore punks, <laughs> right? Like to go to Cornerstone. And uh, well, and
1: there was so many other kinds of people there that. I never would have fathomed, Yeah, you know, like there was like tons of like Gothic, you know, people and just everything. There was something for everyone there and it was just so, so much different than me coming from a small town and just having, you know, like jocks or car mechanics basically (laughs) as... The kind of people in town or you know, the whatever. dreams to
0: aspire to
1: <laughs> You can either be so a to job to, or a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. To go to a place where it's just like anything goes yeah. and everyone's accepted and yeah. let's just have fun and listen to music all day and all night and Yeah, know. man, that's awesome. That's
0: awesome. So I never actually got to see them live, so I did do some a bit of digging on YouTube to see if I could come up with anything to kind of experience. So I found There's
1: a, not a ton there, but
0: No, I did find a full show that sounded okay that uh was live in california i don't remember where but it was 1997 so that tour i looked up i think someone in the comments had said like they saw them on that same tour so it either was the same tour or kind of like just after or goatee hook played an extra date or whatever uh but they were touring with the supertones at the time Mm, and so they're playing it looks like it's like some kind of church basement or something you know like a church gym type deal and uh what I love is initially, like, as soon as they start playing, initially, it looks like there's maybe 20 to 50 kids there. I'm sure there is more than that, but that's what it looks like in the video. And they just, like, immediately blow up. Like, they go off. The pits like, circle pits go, on. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And then, like, very quickly, within a couple songs, it dies down. And there's, like... <laughs> Like there's a couple that keep going. There's this one guy, he keeps walking past the camera because like the camera, I don't know if you saw this one, but the camera's kind of set up to the like viewing from the left, cutting across a little bit. And there's this one guy that keeps walking past the camera and he's just like, He's in the circle pit, but he's not doing anything. He's just walking around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> a walk, walking pit. Yeah, it was the walk. He's trying to get us 10,000 steps a day. Right? There you go. He must have been turning 35 at the time. He looks like <laughs> he could have been. Um, but it, So it's kind of funny. But I thought it was weird because they definitely spent a good amount of time like making fun of the crowd. And I was like, that's kind of... I, I was a little bit like... I mean, it was all ingested and fun and whatever. But I, I felt a little bit like, I don't know that you guys should have been doing that like why would you go and just like mock your crowd the people who have come to see you especially since yeah. there are some that are clearly into you i mean you're not the biggest band so like expecting them to like be 110 miles an hour from the you know the the first stick count sort of deal like yeah that's i don't know that that's fair but yeah i was like a little bit and then like their drummer would get up and he'd walk up from from the drums to like the mic and like just like say corny lame jokes and i was like yeah like there was a there was a reason at, i mean that was 1997 that was i think banana man had just come out um mm. so there i mean there was a reason i think too though that they never really branched out they definitely they pigeonhole themselves kind of a bit as a youth group band which is unfortunate because there was i think there was a lot of potential there and they did yeah, have some sure. they had some legit songs but yeah. outside of like i said two years to never i don't know if any of on a majority sort of thing listening to albums if they hold up right mm. i would I, you you had mentioned this after we did our offspring episode about how you're like oh i realize there's a number of offspring songs i like i should just make a playlist Goody to hook would serve very well with that too i think like yeah. if you could kind of cut around the the cringy songs and just like get to like their their solid songs there are there's a good number of them, but I think for Maybe me... Maybe that's
1: what the best of is. Tooth and Nail is like, all right, this is our chance to just yeah. put the good songs together. And that's a good that's I'm sure a good there's question. still some...
0: I'm curious. I'm going to go look and see what was on Retrospective and see like <laughs> it's just, if we go through. Just the
1: best of the box. <laughs>
0: Yeah, How many versions of the box made retrospective? Let's see. So we got Seasons, Shrinky Dinks, Track oh, see, Track Boy. That was one of the songs, too, where I was like, eh. Right, yeah, Wasn't yeah. Wasn't big on it. Scared of My, My Bike, Estevan, Love by the Numbers, Just Fools, Give Me a Chance, Where's My Mind, Good Call, One Step Away, Good Song, Lullaby, Great Song, Chevy Nova, Next to Me. So they did cut a lot of those. Like really yeah. cheesy songs. I mean, my bike still makes it, but my bike is is still great. It's it's lighthearted, but it's great. Speaking of, oh yeah, the thing I like um, about my bike. I la yeah yi, yeah yi, yike. No, that's not what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I was going to get into <laughs> music videos. How they only had one music video, but I found like a fan video, a fan made video for my bike. It is oh, yeah. so hilariously it's... terrible. Like, <laughs> oh, man. if 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 anyone listening to this is like, you know. A Goaty hook fan, do yourself a favor, go look it up. It's Don't pretty good. It. No, do it, do it. It's... If you're an actual fan, you won't do it. <laughs> do it. Live life a little bit. Give those kids some, and they've got. I want to say they're in like around fifteen thousand views on that video. I didn't bother looking at the comments oh, or the man. likes versus dislikes, but Yikes. people were on it. People were on it. They only had, I think, the one video though. Like for Shrinky Dinks is the only music. Yeah, video. I remember I that being on an old uh, tooth and nail VHS compilation. Yeah, so I actually Yabs. I had it on. Um, because i did have a vhs i can't remember which vhs it was but eventually i bought uh the tooth and nail videography 1993 to 1999 dvd oh yeah so sick like so it had every single one of their music videos that was produced in that time so uh yeah. trinky dinks wow, is on that's there and awesome. also what else did it have on there it had all the mxpx videos up to that time so up to life in general because um, i mean Some
1: slick shoes joe's sick
0: yeah they had joe's sick on there they had yes. um value pack graduation day they had some Supertones videos because then they also had like the BEC side and the yeah. solid state. Um, so like Stretch Armstrong had a video on there. Uh, there was a bunch. Like yeah, no, I need to try find a copy of that. Yeah, I definitely don't have it anymore. <laughs> oh, but, that's a uh, no! It was it was so good. I'm sure. Oh, like Outer Circle was on there. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, there was a bunch of Huntington's Pool Party was on there. Nice. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's one and I mean obviously all the like tooth and nail, like more alternative bands too, like Plank guy and Morella's Forest and Starfly or stuff like that. They were all on there too. It was, it was so good. It was it's definitely worth finding. It would be great if that was actually just on YouTube as one continuous stream, just start to finish all the videos. Yeah, that would be um it's pretty good stuff. But but yeah, I mean it's it's funny because I did wish they had more videos because that was the thing. Anytime I see them I was like, that's what they look like? Because I don't recall them really having pictures in their album. Like, I don't think there Was there a band picture in Banana Man? There must have been, but like... Yeah, they there was pictures of them eating bananas. Hilarious. <laughs> but I, like, <laughs> they definitely never like... As far as that's concerned, like, I, I definitely don't remember seeing a bunch of pictures of them. And like, being able to kind of like... If I were to see them in a lineup, be able to pick them out. Being like, oh, those are the guys from Goaty Hook. Or, you know oh. what I mean? Like, uh, and I
1: had a killer Goaty Hook poster. Nice. And uh, the the singer was given like the the devil horns or whatever, and I remember it being so controversial. Your mom tore it down. Oh, she get down off the wall! What that was. <laughs> but I just like I don't know where I would have seen it. Maybe in magazines, like letter to the editor or something right. stupid. But
0: yeah, yeah. I just remember being like, man, they look so awesome that poster. I wish yeah. I had that one still. Yeah, it's it, they're an interesting band for me in the sense that like banana man like when i think about that time and specifically i think about say like the christian punk bands they are always i want to say for the straight up like kind of punk bands they probably come in as like the third band that i think of like you know mxpx slick shoes maybe dogwood slash goatee hook right yeah but like they're a band that I never, like, I couldn't tell you, like I said, what they looked like. I couldn't really tell you how they dressed. I remember in the Shrinky Dinks video, uh, one of the members was, like, sitting in a shopping cart getting pushed around, and it's, like, this kind of, like, time-lapse oh, yeah. sort of thing. And he's looking all around, and then for, like, a good couple seconds, he just, like, deadpan stares at the camera. And I thought it was amazing. I thought that was so funny because it's just, like, this random spastic <laughs> spastic thing going on. All of a sudden, he's just, like, staring at the camera. I was like, that's kind of funny. but But, like... Visually, I don't remember anything really about the band until I think they were just wearing all black eventually.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember in the Banana Man. Um, well, the drummer had bleached hair and like yeah. ball chain around his wrists and neck. and Probably so had the I, same I look as that. everyone
0: else. Yeah. 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 It's the same look as the California punk bands, but I don't believe they're from California.
1: They were from, uh, they were from uh, the East Coast. are, are they East Pennsylvania Coast? Oh, yeah, I think
0: you're right. I think Pennsylvania might be right. I'm on their Wikipedia. We're just going to scroll up. Uh, uh yeah fairfax virginia so or virginia yeah. yeah yeah right yeah so i mean cool on them i guess for like cuz a lot of those bands initially were all like california bands i mean obviously mxpx weren't california band but they were west coast at least so like they're yeah you know these guys are from out there so that's kind of cool but um yeah no they're i mean i will i still look back fondly on goody hook they were oh yeah uh, i definitely think they were a right like they were a place in time band Right. Like, as much as I talk about, you know, like with The Offspring, I was saying, like, oh, you know, it's fun to go back and watch like these performances because they're literally like a time capsule. The Offspring, I think, are a band that still wrote songs that were kind of timeless to move forward. Right. Like, I mean, obviously, Goaty Hook were never on the same level as The Offspring by any stretch of the imagination. So that definitely plays a part. Um, But like, a lot of those songs, I mean, the cringy songs by The Offspring, I don't like them anymore, even though they were huge, but like, they definitely have some timeless songs. Goody Hook, you know, it's, they're, they're more of like a place in time where specifically I'm like, yep, I'm a, you know, I'm back in youth group. I'm, you know, doing the all nighter playing hockey video games with, you know, my buddies in youth group or whatever. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah. Playing like NHL 98 or something. 97. Uh, John Van Beesbrook was on the cover of NHL 97, and I was playing it to goaty hook. <laughs> Is that the guy from Dawson's
1: Creek? James <laughs> Vanderby? I don't want to wait for all my lives to be over. I want to know right now what will it be? I don't
0: want to wait. Oh, man. Dawson's Creek. Don't even get me st- Did started. You, did you ever watch Dawson's Creek? We're going to start a Dawson's Creek <laughs> it, podcast. It, it- it is so cringy. I oh, but not handle it. Sure, it is. But there were like, I I actually a few years ago, I went and I bought the entire series on DVD, oh, like off off, oh. off Amazon or whatever, and because oh, no I wanted way. to watch it. Like I I one of my I will shamelessly say one of my all time favorite TV shows is The OC. So okay, yeah, I'm, now I'm, we're talking. Yeah, I'm, but but like I'm a sucker for like teen melodrama shows, right? Yeah, and so knowing that Dawson's Creek was essentially like not not series wise, but like was a predecessor to the OC. Like they crossed over a tiny bit at the end of Dawson's Creek at the beginning of the OC. Went, oh, I gotta watch this show. And there were honestly, there were some points in that show where I loved it so much. In the end it oh, just man. it was just way too long is the problem. Yeah. It was like six seasons, and I think every season except for the first one were like twenty some episodes. I'm like, it's too much. Um but I would gladly too much Vanderbeek. Too much Vanderbeek. I would gladly start a <laughs> Dawson's Creek episode, though, a <laughs> podcast. Episode by episode, breakdown and recap. <laughs> oh. Dawson's Creek. No, uh, but yeah, anyway, (laughs) that I I don't think I could actually live through that. (laughs) Eventually it would get the best of me. It would get the best of me, but uh speaking of places and times um and then and then dawson's creek eventually ended up on netflix i don't know if it still is so then i just got rid of all my dvds i'm like well i'm not going to need these anymore (laughs) i think i sold them i think i sold them along with some other tv shows so i could buy records but the best part was is the dawson's creek box set i legit was missing a disc somehow in the time i lost it and there were just so many discs that they had no idea Yeah. (laughs) so someone bought potentially bought that Dawson's Creek box set and it was missing some critical episodes I'm sure and I apologize but hey <laughs> maybe you were doing that person a favor it's possible um, so before we wrap up we got a couple of things we will talk about um, do you have a favorite album and a favorite song by Goaty Hook I gotta go with
1: Banana Man that's the one that was As uh, album or most song? influential Banana Man. Uh, <laughs> well album for sure um yeah, I don't know if I have... Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite song off of there. I, I love singing along to, to most all that album. Yeah, I don't know if they're, they're a band that really has a song that stands out. And you picked them! <laughs> you picked them! What the heck, man? I, <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, I've said before, lots of bands, especially of that era, that genre, Yeah, I don't necessarily have favorite songs. Like, right. And- the album as a whole is more what I remember, because back then... We didn't just listen to songs. We listened to albums. And so to me, it stands out more as an album than a specific song.
0: And I mean, to be fair, also last week when you announced who we were doing next, you said it's an oldie, but a decent one. (laughs) 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 They're decent. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree in like, I think banana man being, being my favorite album. And I kind of like, I hesitate a little bit to say it now. I will give it this. Sumo Surprise, it's just too cheesy at times for me. Banana Man grows a little bit, and some of those songs that are, you know, like, uh, sort of lame, jokey songs are are a little less cringy. Like, My Bike is great, Banana Man, whatever, right? Like, they're just more fun songs. It's definitely the album I'm most connected to. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, and I mentioned earlier, I think, honestly, though, if I were to go back... And listen to an album for the sake of listening, I would go with Two Years to Never Now. But I'm yeah. going to say Banana Man is my favorite. Like, it's easily the one I've listened to the most. However, favorite song, hands down, no doubt, no question. Speak it. Going through this process that we just went through, and by process I just mean listening to music, is Lullaby. Crap! I forgot how good that song was. Like it's got yeah, it's and, in my head right now. Yeah, and you know what I loved about that record though, two years to never as I listened to it, I could start hearing some more influences. Like Lullaby, I hear that song and I go, man, like I could I could legit picture this being on a, another band we've interviewed on the show, a No Motive record. Like the chords mm-hmm. that he's that they're playing. I mean, maybe I'm trying to think if I remember any No Motive songs having piano on them, even though the piano plays a very small part in that song. But yeah. But like that song and it's got that like a dark, like, a, I don't know. That's one of those songs yeah, where I'm like, I don't know exactly. if someone died or if someone was sick or whatever, but it's such a good song. And I also think like on that record, if you want to talk o- about a band that was still, you know, like their songs were still influenced by their faith. They were doing it in such a more real way on that record um, yeah. that a, it, it, it wasn't like Sunday school in your face sort of thing. Uh, be it was just grounded in more real life stuff, and again, that could be—I don't know—but that could be because you know there was some. They went through some stuff, right? Like the, the, the drummer was really
1: sick during the recording process. That's what that song's about. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Could you imagine he had a really just- bad cold. <laughs> And he just wanted just to sing a lullabies in yeah, the studio to yeah. help him get through it. And, <laughs> and instead, they're like, so "We're yeah, going to play stupid. a really hard driving song." And <laughs> instead of you sleeping through the cold, we're literally going to blast it out of your face uh, by playing some, you know, like some giant guitars. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that song, I would, I would go back and listen to it again. And sometimes, like, there was a couple yeah, times I'm on going this to. over this past week where I like would put it back on. It would finish, and I'd be like, no, I can't go on to the next song yet. I want to hear Lullaby again, because yeah. it's just so good. Um, but yeah, so hands down for me, without a doubt, that is my favorite Goaty Hook song. I don't know the words as well as, you know, like My Bike, or, you know, any of some of those other songs, or yeah. or The Box. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called The Box Food Lion. Rawr! Like, I never understood that, but... Um, but yeah, such a good song, such a good song. So in doing this, spending the past week, you know, listening to Goody Hook, maybe a little more than you have in the last few number of years, um, would you say that your appreciation for the band has grown, stayed the same, or has it kind of taken a step back?
1: Yeah, I would say grown. And just for the record, I've kind of always listened to them. I always, at least once right. a year, if not more, we'll, we'll bring their albums out. And, um, yeah, like I said before, like, I think with some of the later, well, unless, yeah, some of the later albums. I can appreciate them more and for what they are instead of for what I maybe I wished they were mm-hmm. would have been when they came out. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I would say I yeah, I'm still still appreciative. Besides their last, which we didn't really touch on, their their final EP, which was just pretty much unrecognizable as Gody Hook and Right. Hard to listen to. So we'll just uh pretend that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd say um for me on the whole, I want to say my appreciation stayed about the same and that's because I think it took some steps back in regards to some albums, but some pretty big steps forward in regards to other albums. And when I say other albums, I mean other album, uh, because I think like my appreciation for, um, two years to never definitely grew and my appreciation for, you know, maybe banana man took a bit of a step back my appreciation for the covers album for sure took a step back, mm. um, but yeah. So for the for the most part, I would say it it it, it stayed about the same. Um, but I, I do have a new record and a new song for sure. Like it, what I need to start doing is when we do these episodes, I'm just going to start building a playlist. And yeah, uh, that would be cool. On that playlist, it's just going to be like my favorite songs, whatever. Um, so yeah. now, Aaron, this is the this is the part in the show because you chose last time where you have to ask me what we're doing next. And you don't Master know, Dave, what coming up there, boy. Okay. So here's a hint. All right. Let's see if you can figure this out. So we just finished talking about Goody Hook and we both agreed their best album, like kind of in a place in heart sort of deal was Banana yeah. Man. Banana Man came out in 1997. Okay. This band's, I don't know if it's their highest selling. I'm going to guess it is. Uh, definitely their most well-known song is on this album came out in 1997 as well. However, this was not their first or second album. Their first album came out in 1991, um, so they're a little older, and their most recent full-length came out, it looks like, in 2018. Still going. They have, let me double-check, been on the exact same label this entire time. 1990. Go on. Is
1: the first band that comes to mind is the Presidents of the United States, <laughs> because of their song "Peaches" or whatever. Yeah, we no banana, so. No,
0: they've been on. Okay, this is this is maybe this hint will make it a little easier. They're on Epitaph Records all the way from 1991. They're still on them to this day.
1: Oh, isn't that like the whole roster? <laughs> well, that's that's too hard to.
0: There's gonna be. Uh, a- I need another hint. Um, okay. I'll give you the, this may just give it away. I'll give you. That could be like Pennywise. You nailed it. Just stop right there. It's Pennywise. We're doing Pennywise next. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Sweet. That could be Pennywise. No, it is Pennywise. (laughs) There you go. So full circle came out in 1997. Of course, full circle is, is the only Pennywise album. I really know. (laughs) Oh man.
1: in fact, their their latest one was on my top list last year. Nice, so it's I was still amazing. See, and
0: that was the thing is I was gonna my next hint was gonna be their latest album is called Never Gonna Die. Um, oh yeah, for sure, I wouldn't know that. Yeah, but but here's the thing. So like, I look at this list of albums. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, for, <laughs> thankfully, one, I've listed to like ten of them already this year. So nice, good. that's perfect. So, Full Circle is like the only one that I. I mean, I may know a bit of Pennywise. Like, I'm just like looking at the covers and maybe all or nothing eh, 2012 though. I mean, I may have checked it out when it came out, uh, but yeah. So Pennywise is what is up next. This should be interesting because I don't really have a lot to say. Like they are a band that when I think about, you know, like being exposed to punk rock, they were definitely one of those bands where friends were listening to Pennywise. Um, yeah. Oh well, yeah. And so, yeah, like I, I, you know, I'll have things to say, but as far as like looking at that library, I'm curious to see what i actually know by them like full circle i've listened to countless times the rest of that library who knows so oh man there's so many good albums in there man you're you're in
1: for a treat and i've got a great if you can handle a lot of albums that are similar and i've got a
0: great story about seeing them live Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to it, man. That's I'm stoked. Nice. Anyways, that is going to wrap this episode up of Growing Up Punk. Of course, uh, if you want to find us, we are on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at Growing Punk Pod. Instagram is at Growing Up Punk. I myself, David, am on Twitter and Instagram at David Growing Up. Aaron throwing this out there, he's on Instagram as well. This is your cue. Aaron Grew Up Punk. There you yes, go. Yes, I did. You got to send that guy requests, though. He's not just like open. And just like yeah, hey, come one, I'll, come all.
1: I'll add you if you don't have a number at the end of your name because those are always sketchy. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> like, like david seven six three zero. Yeah, literally wants to start a chat with it's you. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny because like <laughs> my like one of my best friends growing like easily like my best friend in high school and whatnot. When I think about like his Instagram name, it totally has a number at the end of it. So you wouldn't add him, even though he's you know the, well, the greatest sometimes dude.
1: You can just- just tell from the pictures too. Yeah, pictures, he
0: was yeah. he was my ride to so many shows. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. thanks. Uh, for...
0: Yeah, so you can find <laughs> us on all the social net. We are on Facebook as well. You can look up Grown Up Punk, um, and then wherever you're listening to this, uh, you can subscribe, rate, review. Um, we're in the middle of this whole thing. I mean, this episode may have already had it. Um, I'm talking about Aaron and I were talking about you know maybe adding some production value back into the show. Um, so that may have already happened for this episode. And if it did happen, you're either not going to be able to find it on YouTube or you're going to find a very different version of it on YouTube because YouTube and music licensing and stuff is a mess. Videos get blocked all the time. I like you to be able to hear the music. I know Aaron loves yeah. hearing music. So um, <laughs> so this this is all just like, what? In case you're wondering, you used to you used to always watch it on YouTube or something and now it's not there. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, um, wherever you listen to it, subscribe rate review tell your friends that kind of stuff so we can we can grow the uh growing up punk family the growing up punk group of grown-ups <laughs> there we go <laughs> welcome to the GUPGOG. <laughs> <laughs> growing up punk group of grown-ups uh anyways that is going to do it for this episode before we ramble on too long so adios friends
1: see ya